Census Canada HR News on February the 12th, 2024. I'm Elena Bobireva. In today's episode, we talk about job cuts at Bell Media, decline of rural communities, postponed retirements across Canada, provincial employment updates, and other topics. To get the latest HR updates, follow us on X at CADHR News and LinkedIn at Canada HR News Podcast. Last week, Bell announced that they would be cutting 4,800 jobs at all levels of the company. Fewer than 10% of the total job cuts are at Bell Media. The company will sell 45 of its 103 regional radio stations and make other programming cuts. In an internal memo to employees on Thursday, Bell Media said news stations such as CTV and BNN Bloomberg would be affected immediately. The radio stations are being sold in British Columbia, Ontario, Quebec, and Atlantic Canada. The memo stated that weekday noon newscasts at all CTV stations except Toronto would end. The company is also ending its 6 p.m. and 11 p.m. newscasts on weekends at all CTV and CTV2 stations except Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa. Some employees have already been notified of being laid off, while the balance would be told by the spring. The company will use vacancies and natural attrition to minimize layoffs as much as possible. Unifor, the union, said 800 members were laid off, around 100 of which from the media sector and the balance from the telecom sector. Bell is also ending evening programs The Debate, This Hour and Top 3 Tonight on CTV News Channel, which will be replaced by a four-hour news broadcast on weeknights beginning at 6 p.m. Bell Media's advertising revenues declined by $140 million in 2023 compared to the year before, and the company's news division is seeing more than $40 million in annual operating losses. Bell Chief Legal and Regulatory Officer Robert Malcolmson said in an interview with the Canadian press that Bell Media is in the midst of a digital transformation for both entertainment and news. He noted that the size of Bell's executive team has been reduced in recent years and executive salaries remained frozen. Indeed reports that in 2023, Canadian job seeker interest increased in roles involving manual labor, healthcare, and in-person services like food and retail. Meanwhile, customer service, admin assistance, and a range of tech and white-collar occupations declined in relative popularity. Fewer candidates apply now for jobs with greater exposure to generative artificial intelligence as a shift away from occupations at greater risk of automation. Despite a slight boost in 2023, healthcare job postings for nurses, therapists and doctors still received just 20% of applications per posting compared to a typical job ad on Indeed. This indicates both weak supply of talent and high demand. Some of the largest increases in job seeker interest in Q4 were in roles related to personal care and home health roles, 
the application's share for loading and stocking jobs rose 18% compared to 2022. Installation and maintenance, cleaning and sanitation, and driving jobs were all popular. However, the largest declines were in customer service and administrative assistance roles. There were also fewer applications in sectors like tech and human resources. Robert Huff reports that in Canada, the demand for skilled talent remains high, which is good news for the Canadian professionals looking for new opportunities. According to the recent survey, 42% of workers have already started looking or plan to look for a new job in the first half of 2024, which is up slightly from 41% in July last year. With inflation and cost of living top of mind, it's no surprise that salary is the largest motivating factor. When asked what would lead them to look for a new job, workers cited a higher salary, more advancement opportunities, better perks and benefits, and a job with more flexibility. Still, many professionals want to stay with their current employer, and some of the reasons include job flexibility, fulfillment in their current role, and good compensation for the work. Most managers reported to Robert Huff that it takes longer to hire now than a year ago, and they risk losing skilled people to competitors if they don't speed things up. In Nova Scotia, volunteer firefighters and volunteer members of ground search and rescue teams can now access new mental health supports anytime at no cost. These first responders and their families can now have access to a range of health and wellness services, including personal and family counseling, financial advice, stress management, nutrition advice, and more. The program includes counseling from mental health clinicians available 24-7 by phone or online. The service is part of a two-year pilot program with TELUS Health that will help the government better understand mental health needs of volunteer firefighters and ground search and rescue volunteers. There are about 6,000 volunteer firefighters and 1,200 ground search and rescue volunteers in Nova Scotia, and the province is investing $75,000 over two years for this program. A new provincially funded program to mentor and support physicians in the first five years of their practice will help Manitoba retain and recruit new doctors. The new to practice program is a partnership between the province and Doctors Manitoba. Doctors Manitoba will develop and administer the new to practice program with $300,000 in annual funding from the Manitoba government. Practical support for new physician includes assistance settling into practice, help building connections to the existing physician community, information on successfully navigating, escalating, and resolving challenges, and settlement support for physicians' families. The province notes the program is intended to complement, not replace, other existing physician well-being initiatives, including physician peer support. 35% of working Canadians aged 50 and older 
say they cannot afford to retire when they want. According to a new report by the Toronto Metropolitan University's National Institute on Aging, the rising cost of living was the number one financial concern among respondents, followed by running out of money, possible reduction in government benefits, not being able to afford major medical or long-term care expenses, not having family or friends to help take care of them as they get older, costly home repairs or renovations, and other. Pre-retirement savings have to compete with escalating costs of living, and working-age individuals have been struggling to rely on their earnings as the only source of income. In fact, families are now more likely to be carrying debt than in previous decades. Across Canada, residents in Quebec often report more positive experiences and perspectives, mainly across indicators of social well-being and financial security. They are the least likely to have weak social networks or frequent experiences of ageism and consistently stand out for being the most financially secure. Quebecers are more likely to hold the view that their income is good enough for them and to say that they are financially prepared to retire when they want than those in the rest of Canada. Researchers of Western University state that Canada's rural communities will continue their decline unless the government helps immigrants settle in smaller towns and villages. Various Canadian immigration policies focus on attracting immigrants with high levels of education and skills. The results of the university's study show that skilled immigrants do not settle in rural settings, which creates challenges in recruitment and retention. Rural communities lack services aimed at immigrant families who might have an easier time in big cities where they are more likely to find support, especially if they have language and cultural barriers. Without new flow from immigration, rural communities are becoming older than their urban counterparts. To encourage a more extensive pool of new arrivals to move to locations outside of large Canadian cities, current policies may need to be adjusted. Some public perceptions about immigration may also need to change. And governments need to focus on improving transportation in smaller communities, supports for immigrant and refugee families, as well as improving cultural life and recreation facilities. And this was Canada HR News. If you enjoyed this episode, follow us to stay up to date and leave us a rating in Apple Podcast. You can also find us on Spotify and on other podcast platforms. For more information on the topics discussed today, see the episode description and connect with us on X at CAD HR News and LinkedIn at Canada HR News Podcast.